Welcome back to episode 13 of The Slowdown. I'm Kim Nelson, writer and creative meditation teacher from Belgium. And joining me from Canada is my co-host, Mariam de Groef. Hi. She is an essential oil educator and integrative nutrition health coach. And we're here with tips, tricks, observations, a little humour and our lively just a minute slot, all entwined with engaging conversation and well-being. And today we'll be talking about slowing down to boost our emotional intelligence. And I discovered, actually, that we have 400 emotional experiences a day. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. So it's probably a good idea to manage them. Yeah. Um, Emotional intelligence, it's very much in the news um, and it's kind of the buzzword of the year. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading on LinkedIn um, last year saying this emotional intelligence is going to be the thing that you have to have. Mm. But it's, it's quite a complicated thing. I mean, it's, it's the ability to understand, use and manage your own emotions in a positive ways to relieve stress and communicate effectively, empathize with others and overcome challenges and diffuse conflict. That's quite a mouthful. It is. And it's also not something that's taught to us as children. But I was looking at the 11 tested emotional intelligence mm-hmm. questions. Okay, I'm not going to ask you all of them, but, um, and you're probably not expecting any of this, but I'm going to ask you okay. five questions. Okay, and just see what the first thing that comes up to your mind, in your mind. Okay, the first question, how could you create more balance in your life? Slowing down. <laughs> um, yeah. The obvious yeah. question, I answer. Think, I think it definitely is slowing down and taking my time and not rushing through um, everything that I have to do. Hmm. What makes you angry? Um, injustices. <laughs> yes. Good one. How do you have fun? Um, I like to be a clown, <laughs> and I'm not literally a clown, but I like joking and I'm. I'm quite the joker in my group of friends and so I like telling jokes and and just just goofing around a bit and I love comedies so laughing um just being silly with my kids yeah how good are you at asking for help um I'd like to think that I'm good at asking for help I don't I'm not like the lone ranger that has to do everything herself so um, I do ask for help when I need it. Yeah, I'm getting better at that, but I haven't always mm-hmm. been good at that one. Um, okay, last one. How do you deal with a bad day? Um, try to bust out some tools that will help change the trajectory of the day. Um, again, breathing, trying to figure out what it is that um, is bothering me and trying to change that or trying to look at what that is doing for me um, using essential oils getting out in um, in the open air and if it's really bad taking a nap <laughs> yeah they're good answers I'll be putting the 11 questions on our yeah. Instagram page um, 
but yes um so i was reading more about emotions mm -hmm. and um it it brings into action and it makes informed decisions about what matters most to you and the reason mm -hmm. we are talking about emotional intelligence is everything it affects your performance at work your physical health your mental health your relationships your social intelligence mm -hmm. i don't know why we're just suddenly starting to talk about it now in the general yeah. you know atmosphere it's such a huge thing yeah <laughs> yes. i know and it affects yeah it affects everything it does it does but if you study mindfulness mindfulness um really helps you to um, get in touch with your emotions and observe the emotions. Mm -hmm. And there are some great exercises out there. And one of them is um, going out into the street and looking at people and, and seeing if you can guess their emotion, mm. trying to figure out. And then and it, it also practices empathy. So you might mm. see someone who's stressed or peaceful or joyous or disappointed or relaxed or upset. There are all these different emotions. And um, it's just to make you aware and observe. So I think that's quite good. That's a fun one. Maybe the children can do that as well. Yeah. Um, so to be aware and attentive emotional states of the people around you. But moving on. I was quite interested to read that um, the world's best poker players use meditation to manage their emotions oh. and they attribute, they attribute meditation to their success. Which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I'd, those two things to me don't kind of go together. Um, <laughs> no, they don't. I, I would like put together in a sentence even. <laughs> so I know. I think that's really interesting. I know. Um, yeah. Because they, they meditation helps to increase self-understanding and your awareness of other people's vibes, energy, and facial expressions, mm. as well as body language. Mm. So they become more attuned to the people around yeah. them. And that helps them to become quite successful and get in tuned with their advanced emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. So I would love to be in a, in a room with a poker player and just to really understand, um, you know, their way of thinking, actually. Maybe I could be a poker player. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to give it a try and then let us know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll speak more about meditation um, a little bit later. Um, and uh, I'll lay, let it go over to you, Maria. Yeah, I just, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, relationships. And I think it's really important to know where you are and have some understanding of um, emotional intelligence when you're dealing with relationships. And so one of the things that I've learned along the way is to treat people how they like to be treated, not how you like to be treated, because everybody has um, their own personality types. And in order to have a successful relationship, you have to speak to them in their personality type or their love language. And so a great book, to read is the five love languages and it's by Gary Chapman and that talks about the diff yeah and it talks a, a lot about the different um the five different love language types so they are things like words of affirmation 
physical touch, um, receiving gifts, quality time, acts of service. And and if you speak to somebody in their, um, you know, in their love language, your communication and your um, way of managing like situations is going to be so much better. <laughs> and so I think that's a really important thing to be aware of as well, because oftentimes people say, oh, treat people how you want to be treated. But actually, that's not really the case. So um, um, and a prime example is I'm I like receiving gifts. Not they don't have to be like expensive gifts or something that you've bought. It can be a card or a um, like something that shows me that you appreciate me. And I'm a big celebrator of occasions, and so I love celebrating like anniversaries and Mother's Days and anything that can be celebrated. I love doing that. And so when people forget, I it. I don't feel great. <laughs> and so, um, and whereas Nils, my husband, he, his love language is physical touch. So he likes to be, you know, um, if you put your hand on his shoulder when you're talking to him or um, that kind of thing, the, you know, that's his love language. And so if, if you treat somebody the way that you want to be treated, you're not giving them what they need. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's really important to kind of get in tune with that as well. Cause I think it plays a really great, um, role in understanding like emotional intelligence and relationships mm. and then I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, like cravings um, not necessarily food cravings it can be also um, like habit cravings um, but I think cravings are really good because they help you to choose um, like soul food in in a sense. So looking at your true desires and like what's serving you versus what's no, not no longer serving you. And um, I did a course with my amazing friend and coach Katie Donaldon, and she um, talks a lot about deconstructing cravings and trying to understand your emotional and physical cravings because they are a great indicator of what the body and soul is being deprived of. And um, it's how we deal with those that matters. And so some cravings can bring you vitality and other cravings can bring you suffering. Um, and so it kind of looks at deconstructing your cravings by um, first of all, picking, it's like a 60 second tool that you can do through your mind. Um, so picking a habit or a food that you crave or find hard to resist. So for example, um, cookies um, or social media. I'll give those two examples because one's a food and one's a, um, like a ha habit. And then um, asking yourself what feelings or emotions do these habits or foods give you? And so, for example, cookies or chocolate might give you um, comfort, security, um, warmth. It might help you zone out. It might give you freedom. It might take you back to your child's like um state um social media might make you feel connected um give you some freedom um the the feeling of having no responsibility and then um you pick three other activities people or things or places that give you that same feeling so cookies um for example maybe you get the same feeling from um running around the park watching a dvd in bed playing with your kids um, with social media, it might be laying in the grass, calling a friend um, or reading some kind of book or magazine that takes you away from like the day to day norm that you're in. Um, and then just looking at what that habit or food is costing you, um, like 
does it bring you unhappiness within your body does it give you an energy crash um does it take up lots of time um in your day when you could be doing something else is it giving you an opportunity to compare your life to other people um does it make your life feel boring and so just going through those kinds of things which i will link up in our um on the instagram page but doing that quick exercise with something that you're craving can really help you get in tune with your feelings and emotions and why it is that you're doing that um so i just wanted to say that um that's a really great tool to practice if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty of what you're craving just quickly um wanted to talk a little bit about um, seven ways to eat mindfully um, and this is uh, taken from sixseconds.org it's a really great um, page and resources for um, emotional tips for practicing emotional intelligence with meals and it's uh, a great tool so we can link that in the podcast in the Instagram page as well but seven tips for uh, eating mindfully so number one is take your time um, number two is find a friend and eat together because that brings you to number three, which is connecting and sharing meals has been shown to reduce depression and anxiety. Number four is slow down. Um, look at the food that you're eating, respect it, have gratitude, look at the colors, taste and feel the textures and chew well because it all leads to better digestion um, and a better eating experience. Um, number five is don't overeat. So eat till you're 60% full. Um, and by that, by doing that, it's um, slowing down your digestion rate, making you not feel bloated and giving you the time to chew properly. Number six is breathe. <laughs> Um, you need mm. um, proper oxygen supply to really have a lot of energy available to you. And so in order to do that, your body needs the, um, yeah, your body needs the oxygen. So breathing. And then number seven is laugh. Laughter is the best medicine and should be a part, and oh. should be a part of every meal. And I think that one is really a great one because I think sometimes we're in this, um, rat race of just wolfing down food sometimes we while we're making it sometimes we eat standing up in the car on the go and there's no connection there's no um there's no slowing down there's oftentimes overeating because you're just, just wolfing it down um not breathing and definitely no laughter and so I think they're really great tips to kind of follow um in order to practice emotional intelligence with meals definitely Nice. Cool. So that's on the uh, the nutrition and health side that you've just been speaking about. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm just going to quickly talk about um, meditation and mindfulness because meditation uh, really helps you to witness and observe your own mm -hmm. thoughts, um, especially without letting those thoughts turn into a whirlpool of anxiety. Yeah. So there are five tips here. Um, what you can do to really notice your emotions. So turning towards your emotions with acceptance. So being aware of the emotion you're feeling and also noticing where it is in the body. So it might be in the stomach, stomach. it might be in the throat, mm -hmm. you might feel a pounding in the heart or tension somewhere. And so if it's anger, for example, 
where do you where does your anger go then Mariam uh, do you notice where your anger is yeah, normally my tummy I just feel like tight and uh, yeah and sometimes in the jaw I, I think, think my... I clench my jaw when yes. I'm angry so I normally have like a really tight tummy and a really clenched jaw um yeah <laughs> I don't like yeah. picturing anger yeah that's interesting is yeah just about my anger now yeah where I keep it in my body <laughs> yeah. um yeah I think I keep it I think my anger is more in the upper part of my body so like the chest and the throat mm-hmm. um especially as in like for me I know it's not a good thing to have my anger come out so I will have to sit with my anger go somewhere quiet and just let it calm down a bit mm-hmm. um so yeah so it's, I think it's very interesting to notice in the, in the body and then you just sit with it like have a cup of tea with it you know just um rather than bottling it up because bottling up is the worst thing you can do because it will just bubble up and explode later yeah I think a lot of people try to push their feelings away yeah. right and um we need to learn to be able to get comfortable sitting with those feelings and kind of inviting them in um and seeing what they are trying to tell us exactly I mean it's a practice isn't it it's not something you're going to do straight away it's a practice and then there's identify and label the emotion so instead of saying I'm angry say this is anger or this is anxiety and in this way we're acknowledging its presence while simultaneously empowering us to remain detached from it And then we've got step three, accepting your emotions. So when you're feeling a certain emotion, don't deny it. Acknowledge and accept that the emotion is present, whether it's anxiety, grief, sadness, or whatever you're experiencing in that moment. And so opening yourself up to your emotions allows you to create the space of awareness and curiosity. And then we've got step four, realizing the impermanence of your emotions. So every one of our emotions is impermanent. But when we're in the thick of our emotion, especially a difficult one, we think, oh, this is going to last forever. But actually, it's just realizing that this emotion, it will eventually pass. And so just embrace this process. This is a very mindful thing to do. And um, I think it's one of the most important stages, actually, just to just to notice. And then we have step five to inquire and investigate. Okay, and then to ask yourself questions like what triggered me? What's causing me to feel this way? What is the discomfort I'm experiencing and where is it arising? And then we do have a last stage, is step six, actually, it's the very last one. Let go of the need to control your emotions. So the key to mindfully dealing with your difficult emotions is to let go of your need to control them. Also very important, we try and push them down or we just, we try and ignore them. And it's just to be open to the outcome and what unfolds. So some interesting steps there to practice. And uh, we we now have some more tips coming up in our one minute interview, which is with Ellie Talibian. And she's from the Electric Toolbox, which is an organization which provides mental health first aid training for the music industry. And Ellie herself is also a DJ. So it's a very interesting industry that she works in. And I had an interesting chat with her in which she told me that having meetings via Zoom has honed her listening skills because she has to be more attentive now. And I hadn't really thought about that before. 
the um, the Zoom helping people to listen. I guess there's a lot of people out there now who now are listening more. There's no doodling or uh, daydreaming now on uh, Zoom meetings. You can find Ellie on Facebook and Instagram by typing in Electic Toolbox and you can find her there. And here's her tip coming up now. Top tips for managing emotions. Well, firstly, you really need to sort of brush up on your emotional literacy. That sounds a bit aggressive, doesn't it? The way I just said that, I didn't mean it to. But being able to name your feelings and write them down and sort of go, right, why do I feel this way? You know, what have I got to support these feelings? That's a really important question to ask yourself when you're feeling stressed out about things. You have to unpack them. So a way of kind of managing your emotions is by unpacking them and thinking, what is this feeling? So name it in the first instance. Think about how you can change that feeling. What are the positive things you could do for yourself that would change that feeling into something else? You know, transfer it if you can. It sounds easy. It kind of is easy if you have the right strategies in place. So you need to find those strategies that work for you. And that's the fun part of well-being and mental health, I think, is just experimenting. And right now, so much content is being produced, which is giving us that opportunity to experiment with our own well-being and our own well-being tools. Um, so take advantage of it you know that's my tip is actually just give it a google loads of people are talking about mental health which is brilliant like it needs to be permanently on the agenda in people's comms i think at least once a week um but yeah just just name that feeling think about how you can change that feeling and also think about whether or not you've actually got any evidence to support your feelings so that's a great tip from ellie I have another tip. I'm not going to do a meditation today. I'm just going to give you a tip on dealing with stress and emotions. And this is called Be Pavlovian. And it's named after the Russian scientist Ivan Pavlov. He discovered that the body can be trained to react on cue whenever a particular stimulus is given. So you can try exploiting this effect to induce a sense of inner calm during moments of stress. First, you need to put Pavlov principles into practice. Whenever you are feeling happy and relaxed, recall an event in your life that gave you pleasure and at the same time pinch one of your earlobes. If you do this often enough, you will unconsciously come to associate earlobe pinching with a psychological state of relaxation. This technique equips you with a means to combat the physical symptoms of stress. In theory, when you pinch your earlobe, your stress levels should diminish automatically as your brain remembers its training. There you go. So just to close out, I'd love to recap um, a couple of things um, that I shared with you. We talked about seven ways to eat mindfully. Um, We'll link those into the podcast. Um, looking at treating people how they want to be treated versus how you want to be treated. Um, We looked at the five love languages, which are words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time and acts of services. And then really look and get down and dirty with your cravings and what they're trying to tell you and whether they're workable for you or whether they are leading you to more suffering and more emotional hurt 
Mm. And I would just like to leave with um, a quote. Don't react on an emotion. A calmer mind will always bring about the correct answer. And that means when you are so angry or upset, do not send a text on that emotion or an email because it's not going to be what you really want to say. Um, And I think everyone has done that at some point, sent an angry text or email, and then after has gone, oh, dear, what did I just do? Yeah. Um, And then just to let go of the need to control your emotions, I think it's quite an important one um, to really listen to what you are feeling. Mm. Yeah. And we'll be talking more about emotional intelligence on our Instagram page, which is the slowdown underscore podcast and catch us there. Next time we're talking about trauma. Tune in for that next time.